Hello, everybody. Welcome to Greenlight Reviews. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Ann, we're going to review uh-huh. a film called The Descendants. Okay. It was directed by Alexander Payne. And written by Alexander and Payne. written by Alexander Payne. And it stars George Clooney. George Clooney plays Matt King. Matt King is a very, very wealthy land baron in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. He is a descendant of many, many generations of Hawaiian aristocracy. The first thing we see in this film is his wife, Elizabeth, played by Patricia Hastie. She's riding on water skis, and that's all we see of her. And the next thing we know, she has fallen off the skis. She hit her head somehow, and she is now in a coma Mm -hmm. in the hospital. Right. So George Clooney is now forced to relate somehow to his two daughters, the teenage Alexandra, played brilliantly, by the way, by an actress named Shailene Woodley, and the younger one, the 10-year-old Scotty, played by Amara Miller. Well, he refers to himself in this movie as the backup parent, and all of a sudden he's forced to be the number one parent. He has to run the household, and he has to take care of things that normally his wife Elizabeth had tended to. Absolutely. And unfortunately, he doesn't get along all that well with either child, especially with the older one, Alexandra, who, in a fit of pique, tells her father that his wife, her mother, mm-hmm. has been having an affair. Right. Well, can you imagine Matt hearing this when his wife is in a coma? And he then sets out to find the man with whom she was cheating. Right. That is basically the story that and him trying to get to a point where he and his daughters can relate to each other and live together and have an okay life. You know, it's funny when you distill the plot down to those four or five sentences. It's very clear to me that The Descendants is a very poor title for this film because it gives the impression that the movie is really a saga, a great, big, fat film all about a family throughout the generations and so on that inherited all this fantastic property. I mean, there are 25,000 acres of Hawaiian real estate that are at stake here. But unfortunately, what Alexander, or fortunately, depending on how you view this film, for me, it was unfortunate because there was almost too much of a story here. And Payne really then decides to beam his interests and the storyline, frankly, on the smallest part of this film. And that is the revenge of Matt against the guy who had been cheating with his wife. You know, this movie had this whole other aspect going on within the text of the film, which is the inner fighting of the family, whether George Clooney's character, Matt, would make a decision about the 25,000 acres whether he was going to sell that off to a developer, which would have made this family, this King family, wealthier than any human being has a right to be. Absolutely. And there was some war going on within that. And then there's a subtle little extra plot line here that the guy that was cheating with Matt's wife, Elizabeth, was a realtor who would have stood to make a small fortune himself if the land deal goes through. So Clooney is on the horns of a dilemma. That's a whole segment of this movie that is kind of ignored. And unfortunately, I think what Payne does is he makes a movie that really is a small movie, much more in the genre of Sideways, another movie that he made, or Election. But this picture is being hyped as a great, big, fat film, and it really isn't. 
It isn't. First of all, it's released by Fox Searchlight, which does not do big-budget movies. I really applaud and appreciate George Clooney for making smaller movies like this because he gets better and better as an actor as he gets older. Oh, he's terrific in the part of Matt King. There's no question about that. But again, there was so much going on in this film, and because it was called The Descendants, which I thought was going to be, as you said, an epic saga of a family, and it turns out to be a small movie, I and agree. I expected more. The other problem that I personally have with this film, because I happen to be a huge Alexander Payne fan, usually he dials up the unpredictable and dishes all of those unexpected eccentricities within his characters. This time around, I thought everything was predictable. I thought that the smart Alec, sassy-mouthed 17-year-old teenager was by the book. It just happens that Shailene Woodley is a wonderfully interesting, watchable actress. And it's a good thing because she's in the movie almost every sequence. Then I thought the resolution of all of their storylines was, again, by the book. It was exactly as I figured out. I knew exactly what he was going to do with the land deal. I knew exactly what he was going to do regarding his two daughters. I knew that they were going to turn around. They were going to become from mean girls. They were going to turn around to become almost like Girl Scouts by the end of the film. It was just one conclusion after another that was so easy to figure out. I just thought the movie was kind of chaotic, kind of a mess, actually. You know, when the Matt King character goes to get his older daughter out of boarding school. Number one, he finds her stoned or drunk. I couldn't tell which and it didn't matter. I think it was drunk. Okay. And when finally they are going to get together and go search for this guy, she brings along her boyfriend. Yeah, Whom he has never met before. Right. Her boyfriend Sid, who of course the first thing he does when he meets Matt is to give him a (laughs) hug. Right. And Clooney has the best line of his in the movie. Don't ever do that to me again, which I laughed at. But obviously, these two kids are having a physical relationship. And as a father, I don't think I would have been too shot in the arm about saying, oh, sure, come on along. Wasn't going to happen. I don't know. I thought it was a very convenient movie. I thought it was predictable. The other thing is, and this is kind of an interesting point about the movie. So for film buffs and people who like to look at metaphors in films, I think that the way that the set designer created the homes, the houses in which all of these people live was very, very interesting. Hawaii did not look beautiful in this movie. The interiors, they were messy, they were chaotic, they were tacky. The interiors in every person's home on the island was not the kind of thing that you normally see in glossy magazines. And I guess that Payne wanted to communicate, and he did successfully do that part. he did. It was that these people, no matter how much money they have, they are still normal people. They live lives just like us, people who don't live in great big fancy houses and so on, even though they could certainly have afforded a better decorator. Right. I thought that that was an interesting way to view rich people living in Honolulu and in Kauai. I got to tell you that if I owned 225 acres of property in Hawaii, I would live better than these people do. Yeah. The other problem I have with this film, Yeah. And it sounds like I'm going to give this movie a bad light, and I'm really not, but the other problem I had were a couple of the scenes that Clooney has in the hospital addressing his wife, Elizabeth. Now, she is in a coma from almost the second frame in the film. Yeah. We know nothing 
about the family life that went on prior to this coma, which is the entire movie. Sure. I don't know why the daughters didn't get along with their dad, played by Clooney. I don't understand why the marriage went off track, nor does anyone in the audience. I think that's a problem within the structure of the screenplay. As a result, when Clooney then goes to confront his wife and have what is essentially a monologue as she's lying there, and I thought that the way Payne shot that was not very subtle. Clooney, of course, as Matt King's leashes out at this poor woman. And honestly, her life is strictly on life support systems for all of the movie. And now he's lashing out her in anger and so on. And then they would sometimes, unfortunately, cut to her in this comatose state with the tube coming out. I thought that was a bad concept, bad editing. I realized that Clooney was trying to really communicate the idea of the frustration that he was going through. And he's a wonderful actor. Make oh, no he's mistake. terrific. No, he's terrific. You know, when he first finds out about his wife's indiscretion, and of course he can't confront her because she's in a coma, and he wants to go talk to her best friend, and he does it in anger. And what he does is he's barefoot, so he puts on <laughs> his little sneakers, and he starts running through yes. the street. But he's a middle-aged guy. He doesn't run all that well. And he looks a little bit foolish, which I'm sure was what they were looking for. But they have tried to sell this movie as a comedy drama. And I don't think there's much funny in it. I'm grateful for any movie that Clooney makes because I know it will be a classy affair. But for me, because of the writing and because of the mundane ordinariness of the endings and the conclusions of all the storylines, I'd like to give this movie a green light, but I can't. I'm going to give it a yellow. I recommend it, however, because of the wonderful performances of all the actors, particularly George Clooney and Shailene Woodley. Well, I kind of agree with you, Anne. I am going to give it a green light, however. It's a flickering green light. I had all the same problems that you did, but I was really so impressed with George Clooney in this film. Okay. So I'm giving this a green light, but don't go thinking that you're going to see a great film because it is not a great film. It's a small, decent art film. Absolutely. Okay. So a yellow light and a green light for The Descendants. We'll come back and review another movie very, very shortly. We hope you will join us then. Until that time, my name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that even if you're not in Hawaii, you're going to look terrific and feel terrific the next time you go to the movies. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts.